Previously on Creek Chat. This has been a much more fun season so far. P. Joe is the best couple ever. Mr. Brooks and Movie Man, he became a bigger character. In the next episode, we will even see more bigger things and hopefully a sign of things to come. Grams is down for the Brooks, baby. DG definitely getting together. I mean, look at Dawson. Goes from being a bitch to doing some pretty boss maneuvering. Well, have a cup of coffee then, girl. Pull up a seat. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. Stolen kisses. Stolen, stolen, stolen. There was a little flame on the fire. Dude, you're trying to revenge fuck my sister, huh? Love, not wiener. That's what I'm accepting. <laughs> oh, you wanna go get oi? You wanna get all on some weed? Come on, Governor! I would suggest you shutting the fuck up. <laughs> Goodbye, bye bye. Bye bye bye. You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show crew chat. Here's our host. Welcome, beloved listeners, to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I am your host, JT, Hairnet Paradise Money. And with me, the most humble, the most gracious, and the most respected guest in the land. Well, you know, as well as I know, who that is. It's the one, the only, Chucky B. Wah, 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 wah. Chucky B in the house. Chucky B in the house. All for you listeners. L-O-L. Lots of love. We haven't had an air horn in the house in a long time. And let me tell you, it was welcome on these ears. And I hope. Air horns I hope it's welcome on our beloved listeners, both new and old, on their ears, is Chuck and I discussing episodes 10 through 12, season 4 of Dawson's Creek. The halfway point. Halfway home. Halfway there. Halfway to the season finale. Well... In the spirit of getting there, let's talk about your predictions for this. Uh, you did something a little bit new this time around, and that's give us a three-pack of predictions all in one go. Let's hear about those. Jack's going to realize that his dad is dead, and he needs to rely on himself. The show takes a dark turn for one episode before we get back to focusing on the Dawson and Gretchen fucking storyline, and that's going to take two episodes to fully develop and digest as Pacey is not knowing what the fuck to think, and Dawson's all like, man, I don't know how to how I got here, but I'm glad I'm here. That was one big like run-on sentence you did. Sounds about right. And for, for the listeners at home, I'm sorry I left you hanging here. Self-reliance, the Tao of Dawson, and the Tay of Pacey. These are the episodes we're discussing. The Tay of Tacy or the Tay of Pacey? Your pick, honestly. Um, I'm going to blame it on the internet or the booklet because that's happened before. It's never been me. Now we're going to go on a weird little tangent about Drew Valentine. I definitely feel like we're going to get a little bit of Drew Valentine unless that was the send-off for Drew Valentine. If that was the send-off for Drew Valentine, I'm very happy with that. As long as we got the boat store in tow, though, we're definitely going to be getting a little bit of Drew Valentine. I wasn't wrong. You weren't, but you talked about him more than 
anybody else. <laughs> I did ask you what you thought was going to happen with him, I think. But I did with some other people, too, like the following, and you kept it brief. I would say we get a little bit of progression in Mr. Burks and Graham's. We got a lot of bit of progression. Yeah, we did. And we're going to just follow the storyline with Gail and Mitch. Oh, didn't even do that. No, we kind of followed it. We show them in the nursery as Jack and Dawson are painting it, and they say they haven't decided if they want to find out the sex of the baby yet. We see him sitting by a fire later. So nothing happens, but that's fine. They're just pregnant, running a restaurant. No, yeah, yeah. The The fact that their storyline is, is totally forgettable right now makes sense because Gail's pregnant. And they got a fucking restaurant to run. And beyond that, if you think about in the buildup, there's other shit they need to deal with. But once that baby's born, that's going to be a big part of the storylines at that point. Yeah. So we take a little break from Gail and Mitch and the eventual baby so that when they come around, it's not like, oh, more of this? Except now there's a fucking baby? (laughs) Oh, now there's another one of them? What the fuck? We spend this time still delving into Jen and Jack in their relationship, Joey and Pacey in their relationship, and Dawson Brooks, Gretchen. And like that's what's going on here. Um specifically self reliance. So let's start with what I think it's finally time we're getting there, because it's been a while, what since Ethan, where it's like we're talking what's going on in Jack's love life? He's not just a football player anymore. He's not just a soccer coach anymore. And he's both of those things due to circumstances beyond his control. I'm sorry, not those things. But he brings up Jen is bringing him to a gay straight teen alliance meeting later. And in true Jack fashion, he's like, I'm not interested in fucking doing this. This is stupid. I don't want to go hang out with a gay coalition. Uh, Before that, though, in the opening of the show... Jack is with Dawson, and they are at Dawson's house in his dark room because, yeah, you know, he's a photographer, and he's got all these pictures of uh, Gretchen, and Dawson and Jack are chit-chatting about the mistletoe kiss, and, you know, and then Gretchen comes over, but they pretty much, uh, I guess, agree that it's nothing. I was just going to get to that when we get to the Dawson and Gretchen and shit storyline later. Oh, uh, yeah, I just brought it up because it was Jack and it, and it had it highlighted. So do you have to say it now or can you just like hold on to things until later? That's all I'm saying. Like that's the, out- that's the point of the outline. You're a man who always says, do you read the outline? Well, yeah, I know. It's just it was a Jack and Dawson thing. So it was like, I'm sorry. I just brought it up because it was Jack. So when we get to Dawson, then we, we can bring Jack back up when we're talking about Dawson and Gretchen, obviously. Like, no, yeah, I can go back it. to the. I'm dark just room. saying. I just figure that Jack is a big part of that storyline. He is, and we can talk about Jack when we get to that storyline. But right now, we're. Ta- I don't. I don't look at that as part of Jack's storyline. He's an observer. I do. He's an observer of that storyline, which is why we'd bring him up later. I feel like Jack's got to be involved in these things to be a big part and be a big character, be the fifth member of this group. But if if you're seeing him as... I'm not. You're not listening to me, though. What I'm saying is when I'm talking about Jack's storyline, the focus of the dark room is that he's going to the gay straight teen alliance thing. Not that he was talking to Dawson about Gretchen. But when we talk about Dawson and Gretchen's storyline letter, we bring up Jack again and say that Dawson was talking to him about Gretchen. So it's not that he doesn't come up. It's not that he's not important. That part of his 
like relationship there isn't important to what I'm talking about with the gay teen alliance. Does Dawson ever talk about the gay teen straight alliance thing ever again in the episode? I don't know. He, I, he doesn't because it's just him, Jen, and, and Toby. <laughs> I'm not trying to diminish Jack's role in that scene. I feel like you are. I'm absolutely not, though. So, yeah, they're definitely, they're hanging out in the dark room because Jack and Dawson are really good friends now, as we see throughout this whole three-pack. Which is hilarious considering they hated each other, or at least Dawson hated Jack for some reason. Probably because he was dating Joey? It's just, there weren't, they weren't hanging out buddies. Let's put it that way. Regardless of the shade of dislike or hatred, they, they didn't chill. But now they're, like, working together. They're painting Dawson's future siblings room together they're talking about their personal lives together that's some new shit no they're definitely good friends so they're talking about what's going on in their lives and they're beach buds come on r.i.p beach buds one of the beach buds. well no she's still a beach bud she's just on a beach on the other side of the world yeah she's just got no buds with her oh you think andy ain't got no buds in italy she got buds i mean different one right Right. Is it? Hold on. They're not new beach buds. They're just new buds. Florence Familia. Double F. For show. For show. Okay. So anyway, Jack brings up this gay teen alliance coalition thing after I think they're talking about the Gretchen thing. And Gretchen does happen to show up. And it's awkward as fuck. It really was, dude. It was definitely uh, awkward. But Jack doesn't help matters by like being like, why do we have to? Why do we have to all be activists? And why do we have to? Like, why can't we just try? Like, like he's like, I just want. No, mix up. I was talking about the Gretchen and Dawson moment now. <laughs> Wait, what? I was just talking about how awkward it was between Dawson and Gretchen. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jack and the gay activist thing. <laughs> what else? Oh my god. Toby isn't fucking very helpful either, though. First of all, he assumes Jen is the gay one. And he's like, finally, a lesbian with a good haircut. And I'm like, this fucking snarky asshole, right off the bat. Yeah, and she's like, no, actually, I'm just here for support. But uh, my friend Jack is totally gay. And Jack comes over and fucking homeboys calling him Captain America in like the next episode, I think. Maybe it's this episode. Uh, throughout this, it's this episode. This three pack, he's fucking calling him Captain America and shit. And he's all like, I don't think he's really gay. And he's like, what, just because I'm not wearing a rainbow shirt and, and I don't know saying everything is gay well he no like he notices that he remembers him from the football story from the year before he's like we all everyone here at this meeting we all wondered whatever happened to you and jack's like i don't know man i'm just not comfortable with being the gay football player and that's where toby's like which part of that are you less comfortable with gay or football player i'm like again if you're trying to welcome someone into your group yeah why, why are you, are you being pushing an asshole? away and Jen, yeah. Jen tries to explain it off later by the time we get to the last episode is, oh, you pick on him because you like him. The little, like, schoolyard thing, right? Which is something we've seen characters do in this show. But he's just meeting him here for the first time. He can't possibly like him yet. Why would he be shitting on him right from the start when he's trying to get him to join this meeting where he needs activists as he complains because about Because he, he seems to only want people like him in the group well he's real militant because when we get to the part where they're sitting there talking and jay he calls on jack to talk and jack jack starts talking he's like 
on your feet. I'm like, bitch, don't tell Jack what to do. Stand or sit. Ain't on your god. He can talk sitting down. Like, fuck you. I'll sit if I want to, motherfucker. Well, Jack stands up because he's just so taken aback and I think, you know, totally out of place as it is. And Jack, like, he just berates him for not standing up to the the soccer dad mafia. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, dude, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I'm there to help the kids. Like, that's why I'm there. I'm not there to pick a fight with these fucking pieces of shit that don't like me because uh, of, you know, like, that I'm gay. Like, who cares? Well, Toby's like, yeah, but you gotta confront it, and here's this bowling alley thing. We're gonna go protest. Our sisters over here got kicked out because they were kissing at the bowling alley. This bowling alley's like, well, nobody can kiss. So we're going to go over there and test that theory. And Jack's like, bullshit. I don't want to have anything to do with this bullshit. And Jen's like, oh, well, I'm going anyway. And also, I think Toby's sweet. Jen, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, Jen's trying to obviously set them up the entire time. And yes, even even Jack's like, or not Jack, but Toby at one point's like, ah, you can't set me up. I think that was in a different episode. I just, I don't understand where she's coming from because obviously it's not a case of it's the only other gay guy around. They just went to a meeting that had a whole other bunch of gay people at it, right? And Toby is not sweet. Maybe underneath all of this exterior, he's a sweet guy. But if I'm Jack and this is what I get, especially through the entirety of this three pack, that's what I get from Toby. Fuck this guy. I'm out. I don't have anything to do with him. And Jack is not, or at least has shown not to be the stereotypically gay character no in, not like, at a all. tv show so he's like and that and he's being attacked for it now like he's being attacked for being gay character for being gay from other people in the show and then he's being attacked by gay people in the show for not being gay enough well to- yeah toby's like oh you're stupid fucking letterman's jacket that's a joke right and jen's like oh that's not a joke like, that's no, real I'm a football player he's like oh well you must have never fucking suffered a day in your life then because you sit at the popular kids table and that's why you just don't get it and jack's like motherfucker don't you dare assume a thing about how hard my life has fucking been and you can shut your goddamn mouth about it and he just rolls out of that bowling he says fuck you i'm gone and when toby finds him later like out on the docks with some flyers for the the bowling alley or for some other thing for another meeting a he says you're kicked out of the group like first of all fuck you I was never in this fucking group. Yeah, fuck your group. Oh, my God. And then Jack's like, listen, dude, obviously there's something about me that intimidates you. And that's I'm not going to let you fucking walk all over me for that. I don't let anyone walk all over me. Uh, and so Toby starts talking about this thing when my sister had to beat up my bullies when I was younger. You don't know what that's like. And Jack's like, you're right. My sister never had to beat up my bullies. But that doesn't make me any less gay than you. So get the fuck out of here. Well, and then, like, on top of it, he's, like, Jack showed some restraint. Because I feel like Jack's character has shown us that he wouldn't, like, that he would be, like, uh, say something, like, when the, when Toby's, like, oh, like you must have never lived a bad day in your life. He's, like, yeah, my life's been totally great. My sister was in mental institution. My mom's in a mental institution. My brother died a couple of years ago. Fucking peachy keen. Fucking loving life. Like, everything's fucking fantastic, you piece of shit. But, yeah, he does not do any of that. He keeps it cool, and he just walks on out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to say that my humbleness would keep me from reacting such, but I see. And you bring up a good point though. And 
and this is a real thing, a real issue, is that Jack would think, you know, he didn't, but a lot of people would think you turn to the gay community and you're going to get a lot of love and get that acceptance. But it's a very judgmental place, too. And as they over-exaggerate maybe with Toby right off, out the gates, like he's like, no, are you gay enough? You're not gay enough. You're just here for, I don't know what kind of street cred you gain for pretending to be gay. <laughs> yeah, that was a really weird comment like he was like he's like no nah, man he's just trying to like act gay for attention yeah do, all right so does he really want to bring that kind does, of does he just want to bring does he thrive on negative attention maybe there are people out there who were like that. i mean we know jack well enough to know that's obviously not what's going on here uh but m- maybe that's a thing that people would do i don't fucking know i'm gonna say no no and toby's just a dick He's a dick. Yeah, I think that to- Toby's Toby thinks he's being funny in certain aspects. Later on, I think it turns into that as we get to like the third episode, especially he thinks maybe Jack is picking up on his teasing, his his flirting, his, his really terrible sense of humor. And Jack the whole time is like, no, no. He's like, dude, you're a fucking dick leave me like why did you track me down at my friend's birthday party to fucking harass me you fucking asshole get out of here so let's shift gears a little bit here and let's talk about joey and pacey in this episode and i want to give a nod to our first introduction to that where we see bessie getting into the pickup truck to leave for the weekend we don't see Bodie, but we obviously are to assume that Bodie is driving the pickup truck and they take off I don't think we see Bodie or Bessie again for the next three episodes. Episodes. That's good. Doesn't matter. They explain it. No, she no, left. No, no, I don't care. I'm just saying I like that she showed up for what had to have been at maximum five seconds of screen time at the top of this three pack. Never seen again. I'm not not a complaint. I just like it. And but you're right. The explanation is there because even Bodie's explained away. We don't see Bodie. They don't bring in Obi Nadefo. That's fine. We know he's driving. And they ride off into the sunset, leaving Alexander with Joey and Pacey. And what must be the worst time for Joey in the history of her life? Outside of when her dad was dealing drugs again and their restaurant burned down. And her mom died. Oh, yeah. That one, too. I forgot about that one. That's a big one. Yeah, I would say (laughs) this is probably maybe ranks third, but probably even further down than that. It definitely in perspective ranks way further down but in her mind in the moment she can't study for this fucking test because pacey's letting alexander bang on this thing and she's like get the fuck out of here you're not helping get the fuck out of this house right now i'll handle this baby i'll handle this studying then this family shows up and she thinks it's just a couple it turns out oh no they got kids running in there too so she's being being she's studying and she's babysitting all in a row and she's fucked yeah and you know, she's just like this whole episode title, Self Reliance, is basically just her in a nutshell, basically, until later at the end of this episode when the teacher is talking to her and he's like, You know what they're talking about? Like, what? Because they're reading this book. I forget what it's called Walden Pond or Walden. Yeah. Henry so David Thoreau. They're reading this book, right? And like, On Walden Pond, On Golden Pond. I'm smart, and I swear. And she's like, like the teacher's like, you know, they're self-reliant, but they also have friends. They also have neighbors. Like, like, like they, 
he tells her to read a sentence and like he's like what's the most important word and it like joey's like i don't know and he's like no it's borrow it's like you gotta have like you gotta know when to ask for help too like that's not necessarily not being self-reliant you're you gotta know when you need well yeah the test she was studying for and inevitably bombed in her mind which i think was they don't say but probably a c um is about that book right and she pushes pacey away and pacey goes in and bags for her to be able to get the test again and that's when mr kasdan has that conversation with her he's like how lucky you are to have someone that looks out for you like that and you need to fucking cherish that shit and even Dawson had said when they were talking at one point in the episode um, that um, she should have let Pacey stay and help. Like, he asked, what, was he there? And she's like, yeah, he was there, but I kicked him out. And he's like, you really should have let Pacey stay and help you. Like that's- Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, Pacey's great with kids. He's basically one. He's just older. Well, that's a really key scene for them, actually. Um, because he gives her, and we want to talk about growth and movement forward for the group from the fractured thing that it was to when Andy was like, no, y'all fix this shit. He gives her a framed picture of them from the Christmas party. Oh, that was a fantastic moment. The, well, the picture itself was great. Like those two in a candid moment, like Pacey with his arms around her from behind, like it looked like a real tender thing that Dawson just happened to catch and he took. And the fact that he would print that out and frame that and give that to her, like she says, is you going, despite what the fuck we've been through to this point, I'm good with this now. You guys are together. I see that it's right. Also, I got this thing for pacey he's like i got this thing on the side y'all so but before we fully shift into that pacey and uh joey do have that moment where they get together and she's like listen bro i fucked up here i tried to push you away i shouldn't have done that let's start making out here let's get physical here's your reward for going in and getting me this test and pacey's like Put the brakes on it, girl. Let's me and you go read a story to Alexander. Yeah. So you kind of flip what you're expecting out of Pacey on its head, and you show that, like, he is... It is not just a physical... He wants to have sex, obviously. He's Pacey fucking winner. He had sex with his goddamn teacher, right? Like, he wants to lay, lay it down. But with Joey Potter, it's... Like you've said before, P. Joe is just the ultimate couple. They, they got it nailed down. Yeah, it's all hot and heavy. Just like that Seinfeld episode. But are Dawson and Gretchen going to lay it down? That's my question. Because it's real weird when they're at that front door in the beginning of the episode. And she comes to clear the air about the kiss. Oh, yeah. This episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real weird at that top after they come out of the dark room. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, they're like, yeah, it was just a mistletoe kiss. It was just a mistletoe kiss. So dawson ends up going over and he's having picture making school with mr brooks right in that he's filming him for interviews for this documentary he's doing about him 
And they're talking about love triangles specifically, because that's the hang-up of Dawson's Creek, the ever-existing thought of a love triangle. And Brooks is like, well, that's like, they're so common because you gotta tell both sides of the story. It's gotta be happy, and it's gotta be sad. Like, that's part, for every piece of joy, there's some sadness. And that they show that with his storyline as we move forward in this more specifically but he gets real tired and like falls asleep and later on he's confusing a director and the movie that he made and he does it a couple of times and he's all fucked up and we find out later that he's sick and he's got a nurse that comes over yeah but then dawson's still like like yeah i'll do the film because mr brooks is all like wait 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 we still gotta do this we still gotta finish this shit up he's like i gotta leave a legacy behind he's like i'm not dead yet motherfucker turn that camera on and that's where he tells the story, and this inspires Dawson, of when he meets his lady that we, we find out and we know already gets stolen from him by his best friend as they're filming. They meet in a diner in Las Vegas, and she hates it because she hates gambling. She's like, I wouldn't gamble on these games. I'll gamble on life. And by that, I mean, I'm going to jump over this counter and I'm going to follow you to Hollywood because I love you already. And Brooks is like, I still love her to this day. And Dawson's like... Cray cray. Well, Dawson's he takes that... Because he meets up with Gretchen later at the lighting of the Christmas tree down on the docks, which is a tradition they have. And he's all like, hey, boo, I like you. I just need you to know. He does. He lays it out. This calmly and coolly. And when she isn't like, oh, cool, I love you, too. He takes it in stride. Like, it's some good moves from Dawson compared to how we've seen him approach women in the past. Yeah. But she says sometimes a kiss is just a kiss. And sometimes a kiss means and it hangs in the air. And that's when the Christmas tree lights. So just like Joey and Dawson's love controlled the weather, Dawson and Gretchen's love controls electricity. Oh, I mean, that might be better because there's some electricity between them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's way better. I I mean, that's not true. I, if I had the choice, mm, because if I could control electricity, that means I could control lightning, which would be part of weather at least. Yep. But I couldn't control all... I think I'd rather have control of the weather than control of just... Oh, that's a hard one, man, because just electricity is wicked as hell, too. We'll bring that up on a different show, but... Bring that up on electricity chat. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the Tower of Dawson. And more about the mending... Oh, Pillars of Chuck, baby. The Pillars of Chuck. Yeah, so we got got these four Pillars of Chuck, and uh, the first one is... Dawson and Joe have gotten back their friendship, and that's evident by that uh, awesome Christmas gift. P. Joe continuing to kill the game. Um, They're just really good at being the best relationship on this show and working through shit. Anything gets thrown in their path so far, and we see them just go, boom, get the fuck out of the way. We got you handled. They're like, not today, crones. Crones? uh, (laughs) <laughs> it is a commercial. Don't tell me it's a fucking progressive commercial. No, it's like uh, something against Crohn's disease. Oh, okay. That's. I don't know if that's better. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it a lot. I don't know if I've ever seen it. So number three pillar is Mr. Brooks is sick, but we know. We do. And it becomes more important as we move along. Yes, yes. And um, number four pillar is Jack's not going to apologize for being a gay Jack. Hell no. No. Jack is so cool with who he is at this point because he's been through enough questioning of who he is and where he fits in. And he still is dealing with that every day, but he's confident enough to know 
that when a motherfucker like Toby comes around and starts to step on his fucking throat for no goddamn reason, that Jack's going to go, no, bitch, I'm going to punch you in the penis from down here, and you're going to fall down, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to ride my bike away. Goddamn right. (laughs) So now moving on to the Tao of Dawson, and speaking of mending relationships in, in the old group, we get Dawson and Pacey fishing together very, very early in the morning. I would like to know the last time those two had been fishing together, even before the fallout. Yeah, probably not for a while. They don't seem like fishing guys. No, no. That's why I'm asking. Like, I feel like they wouldn't spend their time fishing together. This is maybe new. I don't know. Maybe Dawson's just into fishing. I feel like of the two, they'd both be into fishing for different reasons now. Maybe. I guess Pacey would... Because it's dinner. Definitely. That's why I almost said not Pacey. But I mean, no, Pacey has done that to like eat for months. So he's got no problem with it. He probably doesn't want to sit and do it for leisure after he had to do it for survival. Yeah. Dawson's like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to clear my mind in the early morning sun. And also tell you that I like your sister. You know, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm going to try and fucking get it going on. Yeah. And Pacey's just kind of like, it's too fucking early for me to even process <laughs> this bullshit. Well, he's like, sisters are off limits, dude, because sisters are like moms, but they're pretty. And also, like, what have you been doing about it? And Dawson's like, man, I ain't been doing nothing. And Pacey just kind of laughs at him. But Dawson goes, yeah, I've been doing nothing, dog. And we already kissed. So he's like, it's working, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and let my reality manifest itself into the universe and come back to me in the form of your sister, Gretchen Witter, baby. Whoop! And we see that play out. Sister and roommate. And, and roommate. Secondly, roommate. But before we dive into anything that touches on that, let's go down a weird path. What I find to be a weird path. So we got New York Drew, who's supposed to go back to New York, New York, to fucking see his dad, right? And he's all like, hey, fuck that. I'm going to spend the weekend with this little fucking shorty, and it's going to be fantastic. So what happens is Drew and Joe are bringing boxes down to the basement. He coerces her. He forces her to do... She wasn't supposed to be bringing that shit down to the basement. But after he finds out about the dad visit, he concocts a situation and says, Joey, you gotta bring these things down with me. And so they get locked in the basement, but... Quote, quote, unquote. But he does... (laughs) Doesn't tell Joey that he's got a cell phone no he orchestrates a scenario where he locks them for real in the basement for what could have been from friday night to monday night is how i or monday morning is how i read it uh at least till monday morning i assumed it was friday night locks them in there tries to kiss her when she falls off a shelf trying to get some beans oh he does kiss her and she fucking clocks him she punches him directly in the fucking eyeball is what it looked like Gives him a shiner. And he's all like, you could have just said thanks. So they end up like, quote unquote, again, bonding throughout the evening, right? And she, it's cold in there. She gives him a bit of her sweater, falls asleep next to him, wakes up in the morning to the revelation that, yes, Chuck, there is a cell phone in there. Because she feels it rumbling against, I I assume, 
when she was leaning against him? I think she just heard it, like in his pocket or wherever it was. Like, Wah. or maybe she heard Wah. it. I don't know. I mean, cell phones—you can hear a cell phone vibrating now, but especially back in the day when they were big, chunky, massive, ridiculous pieces of plastic, you heard a goddamn cell phone vibrate. So she answers it. It's his mom. And they come, open the door, and what is Mrs. fucking Valentine? He's like, oh, you think my son would rather spend the weekend locked in a closet with you than spend time with his father? And that's when Joey looks at Drew and realizes that's exactly what it was. And she's just like, yeah. man, I'll see you at school. Peace out. Yep. She's like, ah, peace out. I'm not going to try to fucking in the end of make this super angry no there's she realizes that as much as she hates that slime ball drew like he's in a bad spot right now she understands i guess to some degree also she's not a terrible person so she's gonna realize it and go okay whatever this could have been worse because she gets to end the episode just chilling on a dock with her man just relaxing yeah now let's talk about a wild road trip that happens here that's Pacey and Gretchen on the road to her ex-boyfriend, Nick, and her former college. Yeah. Yeah? How'd you feel about that storyline? Uh, I thought it was kind of predictable. No doubt. And like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But, like, what I didn't like about it especially was, like, at one point, Nick, like, points out to Pacey, like, hey, that chick over there is checking you out. Here's the key to this bedroom upstairs. There's fucking rubbers in the drawer. You know, bada bing, bada boom. Guys like you and I have to look out for each other is what he fucking says to him. That's where it Stick together. Basically, like, you and I are the same kind of person, bro, and I see that. And Pacey's like, oh, no, dog. He doesn't say this, but in his head. And Pacey, like, gets out of there, and he's like, this is fuck." He's like. We need to get the fuck Well, the whole time he's been talking Nick up because he's trying to push Gretchen away from Dawson and towards Nick. I mean, she's already listened to Dawson's mix on the way down at his college anyway. So he's on the mind, but Pacey's like... She is hot for Dawson. Or at least figuring it out, man. And Pacey's like, "Uh uh-uh, go back to Nick. And he realizes right in that moment, oh, I fucked up. But let's talk about it. Earlier in the episode, before he realizes that, I want to talk about the hot tub scene for a moment. Because it was weird. It was a weird, weird, weird scene to me. Because Nick, first of all, and I'm going to try and capture the essence of how he said it and how he looked as he said it too. Him and Pacey sitting in the hot tub, I'm assuming just wearing bathing suits, drinking beers. Gretchen walks up fully clothed from wherever she's been this whole time. And he goes, care to join us in the healing waters? It does wonders for the soul. And I'm like, you want to ask a girl, a woman to jump in the hot tub with you and her brother in a very seductive way. She says no because she's sane and walks away. <laughs> Creepy Nick goes to Pacey, no offense, but all of her is fine. It's a weird thing to say to a brother after you clearly just tried to seduce his sister. Okay. But Pacey's like, nah, man, that's that's perfectly fine. You definitely need to get back into her life, bro. That whole thing, that whole exchange was just like, this is what's wrong. How does no one see what's wrong here except for Gretchen? <sighs> Pacey. Fucking Pacey. But he gets it. He gets it. And then he gets out and finds out about the miscarriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's after uh, Gretchen comes downstairs from going upstairs with Nick. No, nah, that's before that. 
he knows about the miscarriage. It's right after he finds out, or after Nick says the go upstairs to the secret room, he's like, Gretchen, your dude is a fucking jerk. And she's like, I told you so, motherfucker. And he was like, well, I want to know what he did to you that made you leave here. Because I can tell he did something bad. And she's like, eh, it wasn't just him, though. It was both of us. I had a miscarriage. Also, Dawson already knew. And Pacey's like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? And then she kind of explains, yeah, but you're my brother and you probably would have shit your pants like you're kind of doing now. So I had to tell someone else. And Pacey, again, like most everyone here, level-headed, he's like, okay, I get it. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Whereas like, end of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> end of season three, Pacey would have been like, the fuck you mean you told Dawson before me? I'm going to go race him in a boat again. <laughs> I don't know how else they would settle their problems. A surfing contest? How much surfing we'll go for is there? some yacht races. You go down to the boat store and have a fucking foot race in the boat yard. Yeah. No, we had put him in one of those goalie fights from the soccer tournament last episode. Yeah, but that was last episode. We're starting new episodes. The boat yard new brawl. Fights. The boat store brawl. New new fight clubs. <laughs> new underground fight clubs but now we get to go upstairs and to come downstairs where nick tries very hard to seduce gretchen and it doesn't work and he falls asleep <laughs> he can't- like almost immediately too or he was pretending to get her to get the fuck out of there because that's the kind of sleaze bag nick is also yeah I-, I guess i didn't really think about that but that does make sense also, and there are a lot of them to pick from in the history of this show, he may have had the worst haircut yet. <laughs> There's a lot of bad haircuts out there. And to be honest, I really shouldn't be comparing haircuts considering I don't have hair. Hey, you have a classic haircut and that is not having a haircut and i don't mean that in the it's down to your butt it's so long i mean that it's non-existent you can't argue with that and you can still have an opinion on other people's stupid fucking hair yeah i guess that's true shave your head people probably think my hair is stupid but i don't fucking care and i'm still gonna judge their hair You're like hey i look like jesus fuck off don't worry about what i look like that's not important no, nah, I'm too greedy. I want you to think I'm fucking Jesus. You better be thinking I'm Jesus. Hail Satan, but think I'm Jesus. You see how that works? <laughs> Hail JT's Jesusness. G- JT, Jesus 2. Makes perfect sense. Jesus 2. That's what, the, what it stands for. That's what it That's stands great. for now. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But then Pacey sees her come downstairs the next morning because he just kind of avoided the whole situation. He assumed when he saw them go up that they were laying it down. That they were going to lay down. (laughs) Pipe. But she's like, nah, dude, I didn't do that. Um, But you gave me the courage to not do that and to come here and get the fuck on with my life. Now, no, I don't want to listen to this Pink Floyd you're offering me. I'm going to go listen to Dawson's mix again and get real hot for him. Well, however long this drive goes for, which she does. But we'll get back to Gretchen. Oh, we're going to get back to Gretchen in a little bit. Let's talk about her Amor Dawson and him and Jack again. And let's talk about it. Do you remember what Dawson and Jack were talking about at the top of this episode between those two? Well, let me just get to it because there's an old fantasy that you once had of pairing. Oh, we're were jack and dougie. No, 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 no. Prior to that. I guess that's not a fantasy. That was just a prediction. That could be a fantasy of yours too. I don't. I'm not saying that this next thing is an actual fantasy that you fantasize about. I'm saying in the context of the show, a fantasy. Dawson and Andy 
together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they bring it up and he's all like, oh, man. Because like, I laughed so hard when that happened. Oh, and he's yeah. He's like, dude, he's like, I couldn't even think of you with Danny right now. He's like, man, I might have to punch you. Because, yeah, he's all like, were you angry when Pacey was dating Andy? And he's like, nah, man, I didn't really know Pacey like that. But I know you like that. Yeah, and he's all like, he's like, but you, Jay Nanny, that'd be fucking weird, man. Because we move on to Dawson finding this letter. This letter that he wrote to Gretchen back when she was starting her first day of high school or coming up on that. And it just gushes on about how much he fucking loves her. We find all this out later. We hear the letter read out loud as some other things unfold. But it's all about how much he loves her, basically. So, out of context, Jack, I, and I wrote this down just because this happens to be, like, my age, but Jack, uh, he says, he's like, oh, well, our lives are pretty much over at, like, 35. I didn't catch that line. Maybe I... Or, sub- he's like, 35 or 36. I think he says actually 36, and I was all like, that's pretty close. Don't you dare tell me my life is over. I am... I'm fucking grinding it hard with this Dawson's Creek podcast. Things are just beginning. And I was just like, man, he's fucking calling me out right as I'm watching this. This fucking jerk. Well, he's also telling. But I wrote it down because I thought it was kind of funny. But he- I laughed. But he's also telling Dawson at the same time. He's like, maybe you should act more like a kid because or at least like the kid in that letter because that might get you what you want. And Dawson's like, um, okay, well, that's cool. I got to go over to Graham's real quick. I got to give her some clothes or something for the church. I got to go let her know that fucking homeboy is dying and she's falling for him. Well, he doesn't even know that they're seeing each other at this point. Like, he knew that they'd been flirting at the Christmas party, but he sees Brooks leaving and and he's like... Uh, I'll see you tonight, Evelyn. I can hardly wait, Arthur. So he did find out, you know, Yo Grams, what's your name? He found out what her name was. They're going on a date later tonight. And Dawson's like, oh shit, are y'all dating Grams? She's like, people my age do not date Dawson. Uh, we're just having dinner, going to a movie. But like, dude, that's the definition <laughs> of a fuck date. Grams is like, are you just protective of Jen? Listen, dog, I know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'll give you this clue. This comes up at some point here. I've been a nurse for 47 years. So I've been, I, I know what, what did she say? A nurse for 47 years and a woman a great deal longer. Yeah. She doesn't say that this episode. She said that same thing before. Well, he talks to Jack about it. Because again, those two are tight. Painting a nursery together. And there's this great line because Dawson's like, he's worried about Graham's getting her heart broken. And Jack's like, yeah, I thought her heart belonged to the Lord. <laughs> And then he does that impression of her, like, love is the hardest of woods. And I'm like, you know, Jack and Grams are tight because he's ribbing her right here. Just ribbing her. Because he knows Dawson and Grams are tight. This whole, like, it's weird. Grams hangs out with a lot of teenagers. It's, it's weird that Grams is legit part of the group. She's more of a group than any other adult around. She's more in the group than Andy. For sure. Oh, no doubt about Well, especially now that Andy's in Italy. But even leading up to them, agreed. Graham, oh, yeah. Grams knows what's up, but you want to have someone like Grams around. She's a great ally. And she's not done being a great ally either. Um, But... So Dawson comes by later after that conversation with Jack because he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but I should probably tell her. And he pops in and Grams is all done up. She's got like a dress on, her hair's all done. She put on like lipstick and makeup. And Dawson's like, damn, Grams, I'll take you on a date right now if Mr. Brooks weren't taking you on a date. Yeah, and she's all like, oh, thank you, Dawson, <laughs> but get out of the way. I need that Brooks date. 
Okay, so I want to point something out. Graham says that Jen is away at a quote-unquote fishing concert. So Dawson has to step in and show off his... He turns into a little mini Gretchen by being smug to Graham's about a band that she doesn't even know is named Fish with a PH by saying, Yeah, Fish broke up. It's widespread panic now. Dawson, please do not become a pretentious music person, especially to Graham's who doesn't give a shit. She's trying to fucking blow Mr. Brooks. Yeah, she's trying to get Mr. Brooks hard one time before he dies. He decides, and it's obvious he wants to tell her not to tell her he's sick, but as he's walking out, she's like, I know he's sick, dog. Like, I know. I see what's up, but... And she's like, that's why you're here, right? And And he's like, he's like, like, yeah, dude, like, I just don't want to see you get hurt. And she's like, man, you think I don't know this shit? I've been a nurse, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, she's like, we look at life the same way, we laugh, we have a good time, and it's really hard to find someone like that. So Dawson's obviously thinking about, he's pondering on Gretchen throughout this whole thing. The relationship between Dawson and Gretchen is explored through Grams and Mr. Brooks, because he's over Brooks's later, and Brooks is even complimenting Dawson. You can tell they're getting closer. Like, Brooks does genuinely, and probably always has, genuinely like Dawson, but he's cut that bullshit schoolboy picking on you thing out like toby's been doing and he's like you got a good eye you're getting good at this and he pulls out these earrings and he's like you think i should give these to grams Doss like i don't think i'm the person to talk to about this right now brooks is like what because you're so close to her listen bro one thing worse than the pain of loss is not doing something about it like you gotta make a move man and make no mistake this is probably my favorite line maybe in all dawson's creek make mo make no mistake about it kid God intends to kill us all. <laughs> I feel like you've said that so many times about so many different lines in the show or moments. You're like, this is my favorite line. This is my favorite moment. This is my favorite episode. This is my favorite title. This is my favorite character. This is my favorite season. That's how much I like all of these things, even if it means I like all of them equally as my favorite at that moment. I don't do favorites and rankings and one, two, threes very well, because when I see it now, it's my favorite now. And it might not be my favorite six months from now, but when I watch it again, some point in the future, then it's my favorite. So step off it, baby. I love it all. It's all my favorite. <laughs> but that is a great line. God does intend to kill us all, but also tell fate to piss off, fall in love with the wrong woman, make your goddamn thing happen. And Dawson's like, give her the earrings, man. Give them to her. I approve. And then that's when he's like, shit, I just, just take my own fucking advice. He strolls over to fucking Pacey and Gretchen's house post that note with a fucking he takes a fucking like like a huge fucking knife right and he fucking hammers it to the fucking that like he just stabs that fucking letter right onto their fucking front door and Gretchen gets home and she's like this is a little alarming but she reads that note and she's just like "Mm, I gotta drive over there and so she drives over there and Dawson is just like cutting wood real violently and she just rolls up and kisses him and he's all like yeah no he starts out with as she's walking up and she's been teary-eyed what took you so long (laughs) yeah like smugly like girl I knew you were coming of course like I put that letter on your door uh duh I'm like, where did this He's come so from? He's so fucking smug. It's great. Where did that come from? Where did this Dawson come from? The Tao of he, Dawson. 
He's basically like, he's like, fuck it, dude. I'm gone in a year. So if I swig and miss, who fucking cares? But he's like, if I keep hitting these little like singles, he's like, fuck it, dude. Like, he's like, apparently singles this is what she's into. Well, coming off of her situation where she was dating a real scumbag, got knocked up by a real scumbag, privately dealt with a miscarriage of the scumbag. Now she's baby. just dealing with like this kid who's probably not a scumbag, but he's all like kind of acting smug. So it's like funny. Okay, it was but here's the thing about that <laughs> smugness. And that's what it's he's not a smug person. So it's not to me it didn't have the negative connotation of most people's smugness. It was like like Dawson's innocent smugness. Where he doesn't even know what being smug means he just knows how to say the right line to sound smug gretchen knows that she looks at him and goes this harmless motherfucker i just thought with this nick prick like i dawson's a little sweetheart a little 17 year old sweetheart to my 21 year old whatever you did guess that right 21 i think you said last episode someone says her age in this it was a good it was a good guess you know, it was a it was a fantastic prediction, was what it was. So talk to me about your pillars on this one, Chucky boy. Well, just like always, we got four of them, and it is Gretchen had to say goodbye slash learn to know that she is super hot for Dawson, and that that she actually kind of deserves someone specifically like Dawson. Pacey like tiptoes around saying that name, like describes him, and she finishes his sentence, and he just kind of goes, "Oh no, 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 that's not what I said," but it's what he was saying. Basically, um, we also find out that Drew straight up hates his father. From what we know of his father, I, I hate his fucking mom too, though. But here's the other problem: I hate fucking Drew, regardless of how much I don't like his parents. So fuck all of them. I hope they all just disappear. Uh, then we got uh, the third pillar is Mr. Brooks and Grams making it hot and. Heavy. Hot and heavy is a relative term for old people, but they're definitely getting it in the right direction. They're definitely eating dinner at five and seeing a movie at six. Did she say those times or are you just assuming? No, I'm just filling it in. I'm going to say dinner at three, movie at four. I I, I don't think Graham's going about that early. Miss Brooks, maybe. Yeah, well, Brooks probably just falls asleep various points throughout the day. And then uh, the fourth pillar is he doesn't want to be uh, afraid to ask and then never know. So he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to shoot my shot. What up? Who's he, Dawson? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the four pillars of Chuck on that uh, episode. One that starts with Dawson discussing how he wants to French kiss Pacey's sister. And then at the end, him actually doing it. Oh my god, I don't think I've actually heard the term a French kiss said out loud in a long time. Like It's weird it's a weird phrase. I l- I'm really glad that you used it. Yeah, I mean French kiss gets the job done and it's classic. I like no, I like it. I'm complimenting your use of French kiss. Let's talk about the next episode, the Tay of Tacy. Um it's Tacy's birthday. Yeah, it's this episode is pretty straightforward like oh, yeah. all the way through. Oh, 
So there's the buildup that leads up to getting to Pacey's birthday party on Pacey's end, right? Like, he wakes up in the morning because Joey's shoving a cupcake in his fucking face going, Happy birthday! He's like, Hell no, girl. My birthday's fucking suck. Twelfth birthday party. I puked up pizza and ice cream on a girl I had a massive crush on. We all know about what happened on his 16th birthday with the driver's test and Dawson forgetting and the terrible yeah. party. And then he reveals that on his 14th birthday, he was mauled by a fucking dog. Yeah, and this episode is pretty brutal for Pacey. Like, it was also good in some aspects. Like, it ends well, but uh, it, it's a fucking brutal day. Like, he wakes up just thinking that it's going to be a bad fucking day. And then he gets that letter, which turns out to be bad news. Not only does he think it's going to be a bad day, he knows it's going to be a bad day because he believes his birthday. No, he knows his birthday is cursed. Yeah. And Dougie even brings that up later at the party. Even Gretchen, when Pacey, when Joey reveals to Gretchen, oh shit, I'm sorry, I promised Pacey we'd have this day alone together, but actually, I put the surprise birthday t- party together with y'all's mom, uh, so you need to come to this party, Gretchen. Gretchen's like, oh fuck, in her mind, I got this date with Dawson, but out loud, in the most obvious way, who, me? Plans? No, I've never had plans. I've never had plans in my life. Why would I have plans tonight? Of course I don't have plans. What are you talking about? Plans? plans. Who has plans? I'm boring. I don't, no one likes me. Not Dawson. I wasn't planning on going on a first date tonight with him or anything. Jeez. So Joey's like, so that means you can come then in short? And Gretchen's like, yeah, of course I'll come to this party that's going to be terrible and it's no good. And oh, oh my God. But Dawson's also scared at this time of going on this first date because apparently they haven't talked since that French kiss. And there's this massive buildup that's been built up. And also Pacey and Joey don't know about it. And Dawson's like, well, if they ask, I'll tell them. And Jack again being Dawson's... Yeah, but Dawson, like, Dawson's like, he's like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. He's like, I already told Pacey that I'm trying to fuck you. So, like, what up? I'm honestly not saying he was wrong on this one. But Jack, being the close and good friend that he is, looks at him and basically goes, I don't think that's a very good plan, dog. I know how this is going to turn out. But do you think? He's like, hey, man, remember when they were hiding it from you? Like, did you like that shit? Or are you just trying to revenge their ass? Well, surprise, surprise for Dawson, because he pops in on Gretchen, and he's like, yo, I just want to talk about what we're going to go for our first date later. And she's like, yeah, we might want to postpone that, because there's this surprise birthday party that's going on. And he's like, oh, shit, I'll just come to that. And she's like, yeah, I was kind of thinking we wouldn't do that together, and maybe not just postpone this first date. He's like, well, if you want to postpone it, then maybe we shouldn't be doing it at all. And yeah, she's like, obviously conflicted by it, and so she tells this, like, story, and it's basically like, hey, man, uh, I'm gonna end up fucking bailing on you at some point. And Dawson's like, I don't care. I wanna fuck. And Gretchen's like, alright, man, like, maybe we'll just ride this star out. And uh, they end up making out in the basement and Pacey is trying to tell Joey like the entire fucking time. You jumped Did I jump so, way ahead? so far ahead. I can't <laughs> find it on my sheet. Cut that. I was going to come back to that, but that's too far ahead. I can't abide by that right now. No, no, that's too important because if we jump off on that, we might as well just head to the end of the episode and then we skip a bunch of things. I want to introduce Jen and Toby and Grams into the mix before we even enter the door of the party so that when they show up at the party, it's not weird. All right. All right. Just, no, I got it. I got it. No, I got it. So, right, we get to the point where Joey still hasn't told Pacey and she leads him up to the front door of the house. He's blindfolded and he's like, I'm going to guess we're at a dock, romantic dinner, just me and you like you promised me. 
and we're just going to chill and we're going to save my birthday. And she's like, yeah, you're real fucking close. Opens the door. No one's there to surprise him. His dad is sitting in the recliner. He goes, oh, you're here. Surprise. And everyone else runs in the room and goes, oh, I think his mom, who's Jane Lynch. A great. I forgot that that was Pacey's mom. Yeah, I was like surprised when she came strolling in. And I was like, oh, shit. Like his mom is a pretty well-known uh actress and she's on uh the she's the new fuck what's that show price is wrong or price is right no no uh who wants to be a millionaire or something oh i don't know like you are the weakest link oh no no i don't know i don't watch tv bro you talk about commercials and tv shows and i don't know what they are yeah this is a commercial i've seen it don't i don't watch commercials i haven't watched the show but I know she's like, I think she's the new weakest link lady. I don't care. I don't remember who the old well, I can picture the old one in my head, actually. But I don't care about Jane Lynch doing that. I care about Jane Lynch being Mrs. Witter. And well, I'm just saying, Mrs. Witter is telling people goodbye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. That's how I would do it if they made me the host. Goodbye. I'd be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> goodbye, bye, bye. That's what I would do. <laughs> that's what justin timberlake does Uh, i hope so but as they walk in the door too he gets punched in the penis by his nephew so that's how pacey yeah 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 that's how pacey's surprise party starts walks in the door no one says surprise punched and it literally gets so much worse but before we delve into that let's introduce some people who show up at the party later and that's jen and we'll talk about her party her, her partner in a moment but first her partner is grams at breakfast Grams and they're talking about how Grams is like daydreaming about sex with Mr. Brooks. Oh, yeah. She's like way lost in the clouds and Jen calls her on it and Grams almost spits her tea out. And Grams like does this long winded speech where she doesn't admit to thinking about fucking Mr. Brooks. But she's like, she's like, we haven't fucked. But if we were going to, I know all the things I can use. And Jed's all like, all righty then. And Graham's like, I got this shit on lock, girl. Okay. Don't fucking worry. No, there are two things Graham says. One is, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to freak me out, which Jen particularly loves. It made me fucking laugh out loud. But also, she tells Jen that she learned from the best, implying she learned all of this from Jen. Which doesn't make any sense. No, that's not true. She's implying that she learned how to be deceptive from Jen. How to change the conversation around from herself back onto Jen. And the community service she has to go do that night. Which is driving drunk teens from parties back to their homes safely. And who does she run into there? Your your old pal Toby. Who, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. But I've heard you never trust Toby. I, I know Michael Scott would agree. I've never met a Toby. And I'd like to fucking keep it that way. <laughs> I don't know if I've met a Toby. I don't think so. You know what? I should amend my statement. If I've met a Toby, I don't remember. And that's for the best. Okay. Um... Real hard on your stance of Toby's. Well, Toby here... Jen's like, what are you doing here? And he goes, I'm here to pick up boys. The drunker, the better. And I know he's joking, but it's a tasteless joke in front of one of the people who's like in charge there that had just told Jen what she's doing for the night. And, and didn't the the lady who's in charge there say me too? 
and walk away? Oh, I don't know. I thought maybe she just laughed. <laughs> if she said me too and I missed that, like, I feel like it's the your life is over 35 thing where I just ignored someone it with my subconscious. Definitely, someone definitely said me too I think Jen did. and laughed. And whether it was Jen or... I think Jen said me too. I think the woman laughed. Okay. Combo. It was a trio. All three of them worked together. I want to say it was the lady, though. All I'm saying is, at the end of the day, all three of them worked together to create a moment where they joked about taking advantage of drunk people they were supposed to be helping. Yes. That is some tasteless humor from Dawson's Creek. And, of course, it comes from the detestable Toby. Toby. I hate him as much as I hate fucking Drew Valentine in a different way. I don't way. really hate Toby because I don't really care about him. I... I feel like he's a character that is so obviously fake. They're all fake. It's a TV show, Chuck. I know, but I'm saying like he's the least like like I would think that he is full of shit just talking to him. Well, that's how Jack basically treats him, though, which is a good thing to see. What I don't understand is how Jen treats him because they're hanging out and she's like, we can stop by this party I'm going at later. They're hanging out, a.k.a. they're volunteering together. We can stop by this party I'm going to later. Jack will be there. And he's like, Jack wants to see you. And Toby's like, ah, I ain't buying that. Plus, I got this boyfriend, Greg. Uh, he's a jealous motherfucker. And immediately you can see on Jen's face, once he starts describing, like, his lesbian moms and shit like that, she's like, too good to be true. Greg's a fake. Definitely named after, like, Dharma and Greg or something. Yeah. Just pulled that, like, he watches a lot of Dharma and Greg. I could see it. Uh, but there was also, before we get to the party, they showed a montage of a couple clips of people that are driving around. And the one drunk kid that was in the back by himself that was like, she doesn't love me. That's why she was having sex with him in the bathroom. I was dying during that. Like, I love when they show those moments of, like, who who funny. let the person who got high before the writer's meeting sneak a line into this script? Because that was fucking perfect. Well, Pasty's looking fucking pissed off on the couch as we get to this party. But let's point out that Joey and Jack see this picture, this framed dog above the fireplace. And they're like, what the fuck is this about? And Gretchen's like, yeah, that dog, that picture's been there since the Christmas of 86, and we don't talk about it. Just leave it alone. So you know we're coming back to that dog later. They're going to solve that mystery for us. And I, honestly, I knew Pacey did something to the dog, but I could not remember what it was. So I'm like, this will be a surprise for me, too. But before we get to that reveal, Mr. Witter says he had sex with a Vietnamese beauty multiple times on his 18th birthday to his yeah 30 year old to his youngest son and his youngest son's girlfriend both in high school and he it says was a it, very weird weird interaction Joey's face from almost the second they enter the door of that house throughout most of the party as Mr. Winter talks especially when he says that Pacey going to college would be a waste of money is this look of disbelief. Like, I didn't think what Pacey was saying was as bad as it was, but holy shit. Or even like his mom, like when they're in, in that conversation, when she's like, oh, do you remember when Pacey was a kid and he said he wanted to be a veterinarian and his mom's all like, no, no, you want to be a groomer. Yeah, aim, aim, aim low, buddy. And his dad was like, yeah, maybe you should consider refrigeration or some shit. And my reaction to that was, yeah, why not? That pays well, too. Yeah. 
You yeah. get into some HVAC, you get into some fucking trade shit with the union, like, you could do really well and you don't have to go to college. You're a fucking police officer, Mr. Witter, calm down, it's not like you got your college degree. Yeah, and it's not like you even got in your first try. Oh. 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 He's being real, oh. real vulnerable. Well, let's jump. Before we get to why he gets vulnerable and why the dog fucking died, let's get back to the moment that you wanted to really talk about, and that's Dawson and Gretchen making out in the goddamn basement, because it's getting hot and heavy there. And Joe's all like, ooh, wrong room. Well, Pacey's been sitting on this letter the whole time, and he hasn't said what it is, but clearly to everyone, it's fucking bothering the shit out of him, and this is his bad mood's not just about this party. So he's like, Joey, let's go in the basement, let's talk about this right now. They walk in on that. Okay, so Joey, Pacey, don't look too happy about it. Pacey specifically doesn't look happy. Joey definitely looks shocked. Gretchen definitely looks shocked. Dawson laughs. Loving it. (laughs) What What did I tell you about revenge fucking? Oh, it's not that. This is about as close as it can be. For Dawson's Creek. If this were the OC, it'd be revenge fucking. In the OC, you get revenge makeouts. It, no, this still is not about revenge. It's about his true. No, it's not. But but now that he's caught in the act, he's just gonna be like, "This is great," and laugh. Well, you know what? But I like the way he's operating here because he, like he told Pacey, "I'm not asking for permission. I'm going for this." And if it works out, there's really nothing you can do about it. So I guess he doesn't care if he got caught. Joey has already yeah. given this her blessing. In that, when she, when he gave her the picture, she was like, Gretchen would deserve someone like you. Which is basically like, follow your heart, man. Go for her if you're interested. So Dawson's not concerned if they're bothered. The only thing he's concerned about is Gretchen being like, I don't know what this is, dog. I don't know if we're dating or not. I don't know what's happening. And he's like, well, then figure it out and get back to me then. Dawson, like, putting his foot down in a weird... It's weird seeing him be assertive in any way like this. Yeah. Mr. Brooks. But I guess it's a, a lot better direction than what his character was doing. Well, it's that Mr. Brooks influence. He's giving him focus. And, and well, he brought him back to films, man. Part of the, the F foundation of the Dawson Leary life. Fish, family, film, photography's got the F sound, friendship. What else is in the F list? Now, now he's trying to add fearlessness. Fearlessness. We're up to six. That's a solid list. We can stop it. Right there. Pacey gets, after that, he gets his favorite dinner for dinner, which is his least favorite dinner for dinner. That's chip beef on toast. He gets basically shit on the entire night. Shit on. And then he just flips the fuck out. And rightfully so. I would have done much worse far earlier, especially considering he does not live there. I don't have to be here. Fuck you people if you're going to treat me like this on the day of my birth. He's been riding it out for Joey only. Because she brought it up earlier. She's like, you're their family. You should put in an effort. If it weren't for her, he would have never been there. And he wrote it out as long as he could. But when his older sister reveals the, oh, he got up early one day when he was a kid. And he decided to make everyone breakfast. Then things went terribly wrong. Yep. What is it? He set the kitchen on fire while making pancakes, and the dog died of smoke inhalation. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. That is super, that's dark as hell. So, was that his birthday? Did they say that was on his birthday? Or just a thing that happened when they were... I think it was just a thing that... A favorite Pacey memory. Okay, 
So he's got two memories in his life specifically that involve dogs in a bad way. Because remember, he got mauled by one yep. when he was 14. I could see him never wanting to own a dog. That would make sense to me. But then he also yeah, announces that he got rejected from his backup fall by a college. Yeah, that was the last. And that pretty much just made it like true that he wasn't going to go to college, that he was a fuck up, and he'll always be like that. And at that moment, our friends, our friend, Jen and Toby show up at the party. As he's barging out the door... They're going to sing happy birthday. He just elbows his way through. He's like, fuck y'all. He's like, get the fuck out of my way. And they're just like, oh, what? So then Jack and Toby, because Jen is still under this misguided impression that Jack and Toby are people that need to be together. Like Jack said at one point. Yeah, she's like, you're the only two gays I know. You should be together. Well, Jack said, I think it was in the first episode. He's like, just because two people are gay doesn't mean to have anything else in common. Like, I don't need, I don't want to spend time with this guy. But she keeps pushing it. He's like, are you friends with every straight person that you know? No. Well, Jack's... Jack comes up to him at Jen's insistence, and Toby's like, yeah, yeah, I came here to make you uncomfortable. Like, joking around, and Jack doesn't play along. He's like, how's your club going? And Toby goes straight into being like, yeah, you hate yourself because you're gay, dude, and you're just in denial about it. Jack's like, fuck it, and just walks away. He's like, I don't even want to play with you this time. I'm not interested. I'll see you later. Yeah. Toby looks like he knows he was being a dick. And Jen finally looks at him with that look on her face like, what the fuck was that? Like, oh, is that how you've been interacting with them and I didn't realize it? Like, because that was fucking awful. (laughs) Yeah, you're sweet with me, but that was rough-ass shit. Everyone's searching for Pacey. They can't find him, but his dad finds him. Yeah, his dad finds him, and then he tells him his story about his favorite Pacey moment. And it was actually, like, a heartfelt moment where he's like... And it made the reasoning for the earlier birthday gift of fireworks a more sentimental birthday gift and uh it was like you know he was like hey it was like your 10th birthday or so and i got you fireworks for your birthday and we went and lit them off by the water and he's like he's like you said that this was like the best birthday you ever had and you know it was the best birthday present ever and he's like you were so happy so he's like i was happy and he's like you know so they have another moment and this time when his dad is not drunk thankfully well yeah not well maybe still not past that drunk functional drunk as sober as his dad ever is except for when he's on the clock where he's just buzzed just buzzed on the clock (laughs) (laughs) i would doubt it um so meanwhile back to jen and toby there jen calls him out on the boyfriend thing she's like you're just doing this because you like jack you're being mean to him and you should just be nice to him to be his friend and i'm like just tell him to leave just tell Toby to go away, please, Jen. No, because Jen really likes Toby. And Jen's just like, all right, I can see what's going on. You need to stop being a dick because if you're actually, yeah, not an asshole, maybe Jack will pick up on your sarcasm and shit like that once you guys are actually friends. Like, if you're not friends and you're trying to be sarcastic, he's going to be like, this guy's just a sarcastic fucking prick. Like, why do I want to be friends with him? But they end up heading back to the Winter's house because Pacey gets his real surprise party this time. Yeah, and it was a sweet moment. Like, you know, Joey's leading the way with the pa- with the like the half-eaten cake with uh candles on it and whatnot. And it seemed like they had a good ending. They're lighting off the fireworks that he got in the backyard. And uh yeah, it seemed like a good ending. Dawson and Gretchen kiss, they come together. She's like, It was about me. 
uh, I didn't know what was going on. Dawson's like, yeah, I know I know what I want. It's about what you want. And she's like, I want you, baby. And uh, that seems yeah, like that's they, going on. They both are kind of like, she's like, dude, like, uh, eventually I'm just going to pick up and leave probably. And he's like, dude, I'm going to college yeah. at the end of the school year. So what up? Let's just play it out and see what happens. If nothing happens, so be it. But if we have ourselves a good ass time, so one of us rolls out. Then let's do that in the meantime. Uh, I still got to get that revenge fucking under my belt. Yeah. Yeah. And I also noted that Mrs. Witter called Joey Josie and Joanna twice. Oh, yeah. She definitely called her Joanna twice. That's the one I noticed. Definitely did not call her Joe or Joey or Josephine, which is, I believe her name is. The Witter parents are dicks. Big time. And they do show you that tender moment from dad, but still, like... They're definitely assholes. They're very rough fucking people. I would hate to have been a part of that family. I just would never go back. It's a hard dynamic. You never know what you're going to do when you're actually in that situation. Because, you know... I'm um, I'm not in it, so I'm right. not going to worry about hypothetically, it. Hypothetically, though. But here's what you did. You did a hypothetical. You said I wouldn't deal with that. So that's what you wouldn't do, hypothetically, in that situation. is just not come back. Right? Yeah, hypothetically, I would just leave and not come back. Look at you, Chucky Hypothetical. Sometimes that's what the H stands for, not humble. Yeah, mostly humble. Mostly humble, but not too humble. Just a little too humble. Always too humble. There it is. We got there. To the four pillars of Chuck for season four. We got... For season four, the whole thing? No, no. Just season four... We're in season four. There's four pillars. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Making connections. Damn, good one. Uh, First pillar, Dawson and Gretchen getting hot and heavy. Heavier and hotter than Mr. Brooks and Graham's, which is the second pillar. We are continuing down that road because Graham's is just daydreaming about touching Mr. Brooks's penis. Or something like that. She's all like, I need it in my life. Let's go watch a movie. <laughs> she, she dyed her hair just like the time Jen showed her how to when she was going to gonna go on a date with Lamp Man. Lamp Man? Lamp Man? Quit Hubley. And see, that's the thing. She's taking, she's stepping her game up from a guy slinging maps or lamps to a guy that's uh, like, dude, I was making pictures. He made some solid pictures 40 years ago. Yep. And then uh, fourth pillar is... Unfortunately for you, Toby likes Jack. He does. I, you know he does, though. That's the thing. We're going to see more Toby. You know it. I know it. We, we all, all know, know it. it. You know what we all don't know? What your predictions are going to be for the next three episodes. So let's get to those. I'm going to give you all three titles because, once again, not helpful. We got episode 13, Hopeless. Well, I can tell you one thing. There's going to be no hope. Episode 14, A Winter's Tale, T-A-L-E. And episode 15, Four Stories. Not pillars, but stories. And not as in a building, but as in four separate tales. Not a winter's tale, four different tales. So there's going to be five tales. And it's all hopeless. And uh, something with no hope. Correct. Please, let's all hear right, about So it. we're going to start with the hopeless for the hopeful. And I'm all about bringing you some hope because I bring it with the H and Chucky Hope banner. It's perfect. And I I say, you know what? We're going to turn this hopeless situation and just fill it full of hope. But 
in this episode, there's going to be, I don't know, someone's got to, who's going to be bad? Who's going to have no hope? Because, I mean, like, I'll tell you who's got tons of hope. Dawson and Gretchen. So they ain't got, they ain't got the title of hopelessness. And we, we saw a little bit of that wavering at the end of this three-pack with um, P. Joe, but Joe was like, ah, you need to shut the fuck up, Pacey, because it's your birthday, I love you, and if anything is constant, it's us. And he's all like, damn, girl, you're right. Even when it gets tough. And she's like, we just got to push harder back. Be like, fuck you, crones. I'm here to stay. And, uh, okay, so what were the other ones again? Uh, <laughs> winter's Tale. A Winter's oh, Tale. Oh, so it's just going to be like, I don't know, it's, it's already past Christmas. Yeah, but winter goes until at least February. What's the first day of spring in March? A Winter's Tale. So I guess we're going to get a winter-themed uh, party. And... It could be at the school. It could be hosted by somebody outside of the school. It could be a community party what's, held by Capeside. What's a, oh, oh, okay. I was going to say, what's a community party, but like a, a social event thrown by the Capeside Yacht Club? Correct. Or a club other than the Yacht Club? The Lions Club. Yeah, yeah, The 4-H yeah. You know, Club. Whatever, the whatever Shriners. Whatever the community party is. I got it. Committee. I got it, baby. A block party. But I, yeah, But yeah, on every yeah. block. Yeah, you know, in the whole community. I got it. And I, I think that's the best one. And it follows, you know, just everybody there kind of chilling. Well, remember when they were barefoot at Cape Fest? That was in the wintertime. Yeah, that was crazy. Because who'd want to be There's going to be barefoot? a little bit of snow. Oh, going to be a little, little bit of snow? We got some snow in that Carolina area. They are in Massachusetts, although they're filming in North Carolina. So they should be getting tons of snow. So there's going to be more snow than a little snow? It's a winter's tale. Well, yeah, dump it. Dump it. Like the riders, baby, we dump it. Yeah, they're just going to have so much snow, they ain't got no idea what to do with it. But are they going to figure out what to do with it in four stories? Yeah, there's going to be four of them, and... Much similar to the pillars, they will instead of being like in one building, they're gonna be four different ones, right? So they're gonna be following our four different main characters, which will be we're gonna follow Jen, we're gonna follow Pijo, we're gonna follow Dawson and Gretchen, and we're gonna follow Jack and Toby. And it's gonna be all those stories which converge at the end and Jack and Toby are going to be making out at the end. Okay, so by the end of four stories, Jack... I mean, I don't know about making out, but maybe like a kiss. Oh, the spirit, they're not going to French kiss. They're just going to do a little pack, a little pack. Not a packer. That's a different thing, but it's a little pack. <laughs> between Jack and Toby. What about between... What were the other stories? Pijo. What's going on between Pijo? Oh, they're just chilling. I don't know. That's like, it? This whole three-pack, P. Joe are just chilling. No, there's got to be something that's crazy that happens. So, but I just... In this three-pack, because I feel like so far this season, there have been really awesome things that have happened, but nothing crazy has happened. Am I wrong? Or am I forgetting yeah, something? Yeah, it's been, it's been fun episode after fun episode, but we're just kind of cruising along on senior year. Right. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of that to continue. We're definitely going to get some Drew, Drew Valentine, but he's, cons- he's shown that he's not a super big character and that he's pretty interchangeable. He's already got his comeuppance, so... There's really no, like, we kind of know he's a scumball, but at the same time, he has no friends. He has nobody. Like, not even his daddy. I almost feel 
sorry for him because you're just like, man, like you're just you just you just want attention and you're going about it all wrong. So do you think something because right, we're at we're past the halfway point of this season once we get through this next repack. Nothing su- the craziest thing I'd say that's happened so far has been Andy Someone's gonna die. Andy going to Italy. Well, I was just going to ask straight up, do you think something crazy happens in these three episodes? I wasn't going to go as far as someone dying. Is that like, do you think Not someone- maybe in this three episodes, but somewhere along the rest of the season, someone's going to die because it happens in every season so far, right? Gramps died season one. Abby Morgan died season two. Who died season three? Could have swore someone died. We deal with, no, no. Did someone die in season three and I just can't fucking remember it? I don't remember. <sighs> Not important. There's been two deaths. You, there could be another one. And that's what I'm kind of going for. Do you think it's three? this three-pack you say by the end of season four, a death or something equal? Or do you do you think it's going to be a death here? Well, I mean, we've already seen the big departure of a character from the show, but Andy was proven to be not a huge character. I'm guessing we're going to have a secondary character, probably. Gretchen's kind of filling that role that Andy was filling before. Like, instead of having Andy and and Dawson date, because it probably would have been tricky for them to write that in an interesting way, bring in a new character. So you write Andy out, you, you bring Gretchen in, she's that character that's filling that Andy role now, in terms of airtime. And it makes sense. It works better, probably, in logistics and everything like that. Well, you can hear more about our thoughts on Dawson's Creek and how big or small Gretchen's role is and Andy's role is and who's replacing who over at Apple Podcasts, over at 50randyquades.com, and of course, over at Spotify. You can also follow us at 50 Randy Quades on Twitter, and you can like us on the motherfucking Facebook. That's it. That's all I got to say. Uh, is there anything else you have to say to our dear listeners before we sign off for the week? I hope you guys liked the Dr. Sleep episode. Me too. It's fresh. It's hot. If you haven't checked it out yet, jump on the feed. Check that shit out. What's coming up after that? What do we that? got coming down next to pipe down? Uh, what do we got coming down the pipe next for 50 Ready Quades? So we're jumping back into the Cage Creek, baby. We're getting our feet wet with Nicolas Cage, and we're checking out Ghost Rider. And I think we're also going to be giving you guys the lay down, the lowdown on the brief trailer in Grindhouse that Nicolas Cage is in. Oh. Because instead of watching the entirety of the Grindhouse movies for that trailer in between them. I don't think that's necessary. I think that's the right call that you made there, Chuck. And that's why you're the best podcast host for Cage Talk. And why I am such a fantastic co-host because I disagree with what you do, but I'm greedy and, uh, enough to accept it. all of the credit for the hosting duties on that show now, because I, I'm too greedy to not accept them. That's why I've got my own show here, Greek Talk. I'm taking over. I'm too greedy. I'm gonna run the whole show. Understandable. No, I would never want to do that because while I may be greedy, I'm not power hungry. I just want the money. I don't want the power. I want both. So I guess I'm even greedier, but I'm too humble to talk about it. Way too humble, and that's why we're going to stop talking about it right now. But what we're going to do until the next time we all speak is the following. We be creaking!